Welcome to this week's episode of Apple at Work, a podcast all about Apple and the intersection of business, technology, and education. My name is Bradley Chambers, as always. I have an old friend back on the show this week. Uh, it's WWDC week, uh, Jason Detbarn from Adigy. Jason, welcome back to the show. Always a, pre- always a pleasure, Bradley. Thank you for having me. And neither one of us are in California, and I'm very much okay with that. Uh, I don't do well on that time zone because um, I like to get up at 5 a.m. Eastern, so waking up at 2 in the morning generally doesn't work well. Um, I know the big RSA conferences this week as well. This is the week of conferences, I think. And then you get Snowflake Summit next week. Gartner's got a big conference this week. Uh, conf- conferences are back, that's for sure. But uh, in the Apple space, obviously, we we have had a, a pretty big week uh, coming off the announcements yesterday iOS 16, iPad OS 16, a new version of Mac OS, uh, new version TV OS. They didn't talk about it very much. And uh, the uh, M2 uh, with the new MacBook Airs. Uh, let's start with the uh, the M2 and the MacBook Airs. I, I'm i still using a MacBook Air from 2020. It's the absolute best computer I've ever owned. Uh, if it wasn't for me sitting in front of the computer too much, I would not even, uh, even consider getting a new computer. But I've kind of worn out the keyboard sitting here 15 hours a day for the past almost you know year and a half on it. Um, initial thoughts on the M2 from a, uh, from a business perspective? I mean, the awesome stats as always. We're seeing them use their own Apple to Apple comparisons, no pun intended, versus before on M1, they were comparing how, you know, how much better they were than the PCs. So seeing such a, a huge jump from even M1 performance is tremendous. Uh, and you're, you're seeing that at even entry-level points. There's a couple um, things that I noticed reading the tea leaves Never before have I seen Apple publish their education pricing in, um, in in sessions like this. Really just trying to stress this entry-level point to get into things. But you think about an M2 performance level of a MacBook Air at 10A9 is, is pretty compelling. Um, the other thing that we're going to get pushed on overall is that we're going to have to refresh this hardware a little faster. Um, with uh, essentially 2017 being the uh, most, you know, the hardware that we'll be able to support with the new OS. Um, and the fact that they're not patching older OSs much anymore, we're seeing that gap of support just uh, shorten more and more. So businesses are going to have to refresh hardware a little sooner than they did before. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by iAmazing. iAmazing is the popular iOS device manager that gives you unparalleled control over your iOS and iPadOS data. Enterprises and business customers can now take advantage of the iAmazing team's years of experience in iOS data management with iAmazing Configurator, a powerful tool that admins can use to simplify local data management, supervision, configuration, and provisioning of their iOS fleet. With iMazing Configurator's clean and readable interface, you can design blueprints containing settings, actions, and data, as well as configuration profiles from iMazing Profile Editor. These blueprints can then be applied to iPhones and iPads in bulk, back up, erase, and update 30 iPhones simultaneously, or configure 20 iPads and launch an app in single app mode. These are just a few of the examples of workflows that are easily achievable with iMazing Configurator. Because iMazing runs locally, it can perform backups and backup restores, push custom apps, contacts, media, and files, and run battery diagnostics and more without an internet connection required. iMazing Configurator is also MDM aware and fully compatible with devices that are already enrolled and supervised via the device enrollment program. 
Learn more and preview a free version of iMazing Configurator at iMazing.com slash configurator. Again, that's the letter I, amazing.com slash configurator. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, you can go directly to it. Thanks to iMazing for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Yeah, I think it's if you're on, if you still have a large fleet of Intel machines, you're going to need to be thinking through how do I get off of these things quickly. Um, but we did still see um, the M, we're seeing the M1 MacBook Air stay around, and I, and I think you know, they're doing to the Mac lineup that what they're doing with the what they've done with the iPad, the iPhone lineup is they're leaving that low cost model in there, uh, which I could argue there's a, a SKU simplification that would be helpful. But the the truth is, um, as great as that M2 computer is, and I the MacBook Air, the new MacBook Air, it looks amazing. Love the new colors. If you were buying fifty thousand MacBooks today, um, obviously when you're buying something one off personally, hundred dollars here or there doesn't make a big difference. But when you start talking about fifty thousand, hundred thousand, a million Macs, if you can save hundred dollars on machine, a couple hundred dollars on machine, going with the the, the you know, original M1 Air, I'd still argue that's probably one of the best computers on the market you could buy and certainly i'd put it up against any intel computer that you would you would be using um and so um i mean if you were a business today and and obviously you're a ceo of a, of a high-tech company but let's say you were an insert you owned a big insurance firm would you argue and you're going max would you argue that the mac the m1 macbook air is still a viable machine oh it's more than enough for most workers out there even engineers um it's just uh you can get a little better performance out of the M2. It's it's incremental for sure. Yeah, it, these yeah. these the battery life on these computers are fabulous. Um, the form factor is great on all of them. It, it's one of the where you kind of can't make a bad decision. Uh, I had to use a. I was helping someone on their computer today. They were actually migrating from an Intel computer to a, uh, the M1 Air, and they said, "Yeah, this Intel one just the battery is really bad, and it span the fan spins up all the time." And I was just like, "Well, that's the reason Apple did this." And um, I, I, I probably said in a previous show the, the three, you know, almost forty, in my lifetime, like the three biggest technology shifts. Um, obviously, like high speed internet was one. Um, uh, moving from uh, platter hard drives to uh, flash storage was this, you know, was a big technology shift. But then I would have to argue the third one is Apple Silicon. Um, it's unlike. You know, and again, I, I, it feels weird here saying in 2022, like the, one of the biggest shifts of your lifetime. And I'm sure 30 years from now it'll be way different. But um, I just can't highlight how great Apple Silicon is to use. And then, again, these these machines will stay around for years. I mean, you could even see Apple Silicon um, desktop computers lasting for, gosh, you know, who, you know, who knows how long. Um, so, yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. And I think, if anything, it just really helps make Apple a more attractive op- option for businesses and you know, like you know, obviously Apple has Apple Business Essentials, and there's a you know, um, and so they're a somewhat of a peer competitor to Adigy now. But I think the, the thing we all want in this industry is for Apple to be more accepted in the enterprise. And and I was talking to some of the guys from the Mac Admins team last night, and you know, we were, they kind of said they had you know they had forty thousand you know kind of members of their community, and I made the comment, like, gosh, I remember when you probably couldn't find forty thousand 
you know, Macs being used in the enterprise. And we've just come a long way to where the Mac is a peer and the Apple Silicon computers, even if it's the old ones, are uh, fantastic. You know, the one I would argue still doesn't probably should go is the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which I, I just don't know why you'd buy that machine over the air versus the 14-inch. But, uh, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so software-wise, we saw some nice changes with iOS 16 on um, on the personal side, sell some nice updates. Do you, anything that jumps out at you, you know, thinking through what how your customers use their devices on the iOS side, anything that jumps out on the iPhone or the iPad side to you? Not on the iPhone, iPad side a whole lot. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things I'll mention a little later. But the Mac OS side, uh, you, you're starting to see – well, I guess there is some there is some correlation between that. When we're looking at pass keys and this ability to start doing things truly passwordless um, – this is something that Microsoft has been really pushing is to try to go passwordless. And if we think about the area that I think it was the biggest gap within business and enterprise, it's the fact that if we want to deal with security as zero trust, we've got to start with the user. It can't be the device. MDM as we've known it, which is just device management, device configuration, that's, that, that's not providing the right security posture. We want to make sure that we're managing a full IDP um, security user, um, soup to nuts, through the system, applications, everything. Um, so seeing that change where um, they're really giving us uh, SSO single sign-on capability for IDP uh, pre-login to the Mac as an extension, that's enormous. Uh, that's a big step for Apple. And it, it's not, you know, not going to get the headlines in WWC in the videos, but it just shows that, okay, we're, we're taking user management um, very critical. And what you're going to start to see, hopefully, in the vendor market, you know, definitely leading in our side of the house at here at Adigy, is, is the user starting that. So does it matter that you're configuring a device? No. You, you care that when that user logs in for the first time, they're in the engineering department or they're in you know the marketing department, and they're going to go and inherit all the policy rights they need to have for what they need to do to, to do their job. You wipe the device, it goes back and into, into inventory, they come out, they log in, and that's very much like the Windows world where it comes out of the box and you log in and, and, and you're managing the user's uh, environment and where they live with that device. Um, so that, that's a big change, putting the user first and managing via the user. Um, and it's, it's going to take work, but um, we're going to see the market shift very quickly on this. It's like they say everything kind of comes back around um, style-wise with fashion. And I think we're kind of seeing that with technology where you know, if you think back to the Active Directory days where you just logged into a computer, you, you know, it's connected to the Exchange server, uh, you know, all your policies are there, and it's like – and there were obviously problems with that. It didn't scale to mobile devices. It didn't. It didn't. It wasn't as seamless on the Mac. The Mac and Active Directory binding was kind of a headache. But like we kind of come this full circle, where then it was about the user, and then we've added all these other SaaS services, all these other ways to do multi-factor authentication, and we're kind of coming back around to it's back again to the IDP, and the, and it's a user-focused world, but it, it's done in a way that like understands that not. You don't just come to a computer and say, 
you use Microsoft Office and that's the only app you have. And it's like now it's like, okay, we can tie it together with all your SaaS services. We can make it easier to get logged in securely. Again, we're not talking about passwords here. We're talking, I mean, passwords were a method to log into things. And now we're moving into a way where you can, a company can extend the, the native things into the OS and log in securely in a way that's like scalable and, and in a way that is repeatable across all departments. And um, again, like it's these like kind of small shifts that year to year you don't think, oh, that's not that interesting. And then you'll turn around five years later and you no longer have passwords in your head. And it's about secure, you know, secure thumbprint on the device that is only on device. But again, it can then authenticate you into all the different things that, that um, you want to do. Um Obviously, as of our recording, we haven't gotten to see the what's new with Apple device management, but you have access to the the Appleseed PDF. Um, what else is, you know, from a business owner on the MDM side, what else excites you about what Apple's announced that's going to impact uh, how your customers manage devices? Well, they're doing smart cards with FIDO, so you go into that next level as well, too. And I think the combination of the privacy work they're doing and security just continues to, to move that that ball. And just to kind of dovetail the last component that you mentioned, we look at the user uh, environment itself that, that, you know, not to minimize that that's the, that's the layer that enterprises really need. When Apple is so different in trying to manage things than the windows world, that's where people have the, the friction, the conflicts. Once we can start managing the users as one big pool, whether they're on app, Apple or windows, that's when we have the mass adoption and the security posture that organizations crave. So what, what, I'm, what I see in the future, too, is we even, when we look at the IDP level of things, you start seeding that even at the HR level, right? So I'm a brand new employee. Like It shouldn't even be the IT tools that we use. It should be the HR platform, which HR never had those tools before. So you, you come in, workday, you, uh, when you open up that computer, you're putting in the right credentials required as an HR employee. And that seeds my environment from there. And as long as I'm, you know, fulfilling the right department and role, everything is baked off of that. So it, that's where the market is going to end up going overall in the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you, you really will get to a situation where IT has the infrastructure to automate the entire employee lifecycle to where creating them and the whatever HR tool you use triggers off a platform plethora of actions that then kind of handles down to getting the, you know, getting the device to the user, they have the right permissions, um, the right apps, the right access that yeah, and IT never was really involved and all these things really talk well together. I mean, I think that would be the theme I feel like we're starting to see is like an understanding that like no, nothing exists within a silo that, um, you know, Apple, Microsoft, and Google, all these companies are realizing to, to kind of take businesses to where they need to go in digital transformation, they've all got to work well together because not one single company does everything, but it makes every company's products more attractive if they integrate well with, with other things. Uh, I mean, again, you're seeing, like you said, you know, who would have thought like one day you could, you could integrate a Google Workspace authentication into the macOS login window, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, I mean, it is like one of those like 
10 years ago, you would have said there's no chance like that's Apple's, that's Apple's right. space there, you know, and then now it's just like, no, we have the tools. And it's again, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of how, um, like Dropbox first came to the Mac, they sort of made it work and Apple saw people were using it. And then it's like, okay, well let's build a better way for you to do what you're doing. Cause customers clearly want to do this. And Apple's kind of leaned into, Hey, like we don't make that and that's okay. Um, we're going to make it easy. So, uh, whatever directory service you use can talk to Apple School Manager or Apple Business Manager and manage Apple IDs. And like, we're going to build out, we're going to make the Mac be the absolute best corporate citizen from an integration standpoint. And I think that's great. This episode of Apple at Work is brought to you by Jamf, the only company in the world that provides complete management and security solutions for Apple products at work. Jamf's purpose is to simplify work with an offering that is enterprise secure, consumer simple, and protects personal privacy. Today, more than 62,000 organizations trust Jamf to manage and secure more than 27 million devices worldwide. Learn more about Jamf's complete offerings by going to jamf.com slash 9to5mac. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash 9to5mac. Thanks to Jamf for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Yeah, it's still up to us as vendors to plug all that stuff together, but they've now given us those tools. We had to, we had to build it off the shelf before. Um, with our identity, but now it's having it as core to the platform. It's going to be awesome. I mean, if we look at the rest of the week, um, today, you know, I can't go, I'm going to just talk about themes around things because anything that we talk about is still confidential with Apple until they announce, uh, these things in the market. So I'll, I'll keep on that theme structure, but today they're going to go deep into pass keys for the passwordless technology stack. Um, and then they're going to go into a lot more about Mac apps, Safari and WebKit. Tomorrow is going to get interesting because that's where they go into the new area of declarative device management. This is where um, when you push MDM, you basically have all of these rule structures. If the device is a certain Mac OS level, has Intel or M1, it, it can make all these different decisions. So it has this rule-based aspect to it. So it self-manages itself. If it upgrades to a new OS, then it adopts that new functionality. We still have cons- big concerns with it, though, because um, that's 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 a lot of uh, state that stays on the device. Um, uh, you know, from a lot of work in this industry for a long time, even on the Windows side, being able to make sure that um, our vendor platform, the MDM, can navigate some of those things dynamically. Um, usually creates a better experience long-term. Um, you can work through the, the problems. And then they're going to cover a lot on privacy tomorrow. And then Thursday, it's going to get really interesting where they go into a few different areas of device attestation and um, uh, the, the Apple Business Manager, Apple School Manager. And then Friday, they're exploring Apple Business Essentials, which is obviously a new topic and area for them. And I don't think they've ever gone five days' worth of coverage so it's a it's it's a long event for them. We've got some of our engineers there at Apple Park. So while it's remote, they do have uh, obviously some people uh, by invite at at the headquarters. I, I think that Apple Business Essentials and that being a, a product that's out in the wild now is going to be good for MDM vendors because like I think there's there's this idea of dog fooding your own APIs and Apple Business Essentials uses the same APIs that uh, and and. That Adagi and, and Jamf and Kanji and Mosul and all these companies talk to. So I think it's going to be good that Apple's going to see, Apple's engineers are going to see like, hey, this this 
just you know, like you said, the concern about um, declarative device management. Like if if there's issues with it, they're going to see it just as much as you are, versus you all seeing it and like, hey guys, it doesn't work this way, and they're saying, no, it's fine, it's fine. Now they're going to be seeing it, so that think that's good. You know, the privacy stuff I think is really that gives me joy because there's this aspect of like knowing where your data is and like i'm a big personal privacy guy like i use you know use brave for my browser and uh, you know i'm you know slightly paranoid and but like i very much trust that if i worked in an organization where touch id on the mac was my window into all my passwords and and all my applications i'm okay with that because i know that Apple does not allow that fingerprint to exist anywhere else. And it's on yeah. device and my company doesn't have access to that. And like, so Apple kind of coming at privacy from a consumer level first and kind of touting that and then bringing some of those things back to the business world, I think is really good because it gives business users this idea of like, okay, this is my company doesn't has access. My company's IT department doesn't have access to my fingerprint, face ID. This is only on device, and then Apple's handling the authentication in the background. Like that, I think that gives you know regular users you know can feel good about like, hey, this isn't going to the, to the, you know the cloud as they would say. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we saw camera covers on the Macs, right? And and uh, and now nobody has them because they do have inherent trust. Uh, I don't know if you noticed yesterday, but now they've introduced um, the copy-paste allowing by apps, which has always been a real, you know, potential challenge where you, like, take a password and you throw it in your your, your copy-paste buffer and then mistakenly you put it somewhere you didn't want to anyway, too. So that's a whole new extreme um, in in information sharing that I think was really nice to see as well, too. And on the business central side – you're exactly right. Uh, they're seeing them eat their own dog food. I, I don't think people really fully um, realize how important fundamentally this is. Whenever anybody at Apple would develop a new feature or product, it's the team that did that that would that would write the MDM support for it. So that's why the MDM spec has always been a little different because everybody would write it for their own feature set itself. And clearly, you know, they tested it and did stuff there, but. But they never had the full ownership of it, and, you know, even reporting potential problems. So, like that's why patching was so broken this past year, uh, because they were they were they were fixing it and getting it to work. But at the same time, it was disruptive. And the challenge for all of us is when that happens, they go to the vendor and they say, "Why is this not working?" It's like, well, Apple's fixing and breaking things, but inevitably, you know, they do move quickly to get it to that that robust point and we're starting to see that in earnest here um, very quickly with a lot of areas of MDM that have been lacking and that's why the having a vendor that works agent side and MDM is where we continue to leverage a lot of value because patching up until recently was only available via the command line that was robust and now as MDM is getting better with it we just obfuscate that behind the scenes our end users don't have to worry about it it's just done you know whichever is the best way moving forward um, and then you can continue to navigate that as, as things develop. Yeah, it's certainly been a good week. Um, you know, with, like you said, there's a lot more coming throughout the rest of the week, and, and I'm sure we'll be covering them on 9 to 5 Mac as, as some of the stuff's announced. Um, it's always, uh, I've got a friend that, uh, uh, recently went to work for one password and you know it's like he texted me yesterday it's like well we have a busy summer ahead as always and so um you know lots of neat stuff lots of bugs i'm sure um 
But again, I really feel like Apple has their eye on the ball when it comes to making the Mac be part of kind of the next generation of business tools. And the the password, um, the pass keys is something that like is I think going to be very interesting long term. Um, you know, our company is going to be okay with like, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing is like, how does this work cross platform? You know, obviously you get the Fido Alliance in the background, but I think there's some, the industry's kind of got a good feel for where it needs to go with, with passwords. Obviously like, I mean, the security problems are, are you're continually happening. And if you can secure the passwords and really not even secure the password, it's securing the login and it's securing the identity. And if you can remove passwords and, and move to something this generation, um, I think that's better. I mean, I think that's better for uh, technology vendors, but also like just regular small businesses is if you can make passwords suck less for everybody and make login credentials suck less for everybody, like everybody's good. Everybody wins there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we got to be able to make sure we're doing the right security posture of getting p- patches out there quickly. You know, we've had more zero-day vulnerabilities out there on the Apple side in the last year since we had in a long time. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to reflect on how far we've come. I, I remind people that just over four years ago, the lineup had not had a single hardware refresh for five years. And we, um, you know, there was a legitimate talk that they were going to end of life the Mac because most of their... The revenue is coming in on the iOS side of the house, on the iPhone side of the house. Um, and, and like literally not a single Mac had any hardware refresh. And then suddenly, uh, well, obviously in the pipeline of all their work and development, we look at everything they put into these devices today, and there is not a single shred of doubt that they're building the next generation hardware and OSs. And now seeing them weave in the, the real critical tools that enterprises are going to need it's up to us vendors to start integrating all those other platforms and components to work well, but um, we're really excited. It's it's a great time in this market, and Mac admins should be really happy. They're not having to, you know, piece together open source tools here, there, and everywhere um, to start making things try to work. It, we've we've got robust solutions now. Yeah, I'm of the big mindset that companies are better off to buy things versus to build things when it comes to their tech stack. Um, I, you know, it's like, can you, if you look to build something with open source tools, it's like you have to ask yourself, like, can you afford to maintain it? Will you see a return on investment? And I think it sounds good, but I think if your core competency is not is doing something else, then and do that. I kind of use the analogy with somebody. Um, if you're in the business of cutting grass, then you doesn't mean you should build your own lawnmowers. It means you should be the best at cutting grass and, and find find tools off the shelf that can help you do what you do best. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I, I have an article coming about coming out on this in a few weeks. Like, you know, I think there was this mindset of like the iPad was going to be the future of the computing. And I, and I think it's part of it, but I think it's important to understand the iPad goes to where the Mac can't. And if you think about, you know, employees in the field um, who are not your typical sitting at a desk, like I would argue, the Mac is in a very healthy space, and if you said like you can have a um, the most high end iPad Pro with all the bells and whistles with the with the magic keyboard and everything, or you can have the lowest end uh, Apple Silicon Mac, I take the Mac because the Mac works best in that environment. But just as the Mac doesn't work great in the field, if I'm on the go, if I'm, I'm on the job site, that's where the iPad excels, and it's okay to let the iPad be the iPad and the Mac be the Mac, and it doesn't make them doesn't make one better or worse. I would just argue the iPad. 
opens up computing in a in a in a way that it wasn't possible before, and it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that everybody needs the highest end iPad. There are people that do, and there are people that don't. And uh, and trying to shoehorn your Mac workflows into the iPad is not recognizing what the iPad's good for. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm traveling for business right now, and I carry my iPad, which is also got a cellular um, uh, service in it. So on the plane, it's the most productive. Pro- productive uh, tool I can use. But at the end of the day, my best productivity tool for everything I need to accomplish is my Mac, right? And that's, you know, we look at MDM, which still stands for mobile device management, right? That, that still, you know, it's the same sort of scenario. When we're looking at tools to support a phone or a tablet, those are also very different use cases than what the user in the organization needs for that Mac overall too. And I, I like, I think this is a big edu- education problem in the overall space. What do we need to be able to do for the main productivity, the main security threat vector for an organization with their, is their Macs. And there's so much more you need to be able to do than just pure MDM spec. There's, there's, th- this is critical assets. And then, you know, frankly, the iPad and the iPhone management is tri- trivial beyond it. So we're all seeing that start to getting a little more complex. People are realizing, you know, there's more that I can do on a Mac as an end user, and organizations have more requirements to manage those Macs than they do iPhones and iPads too. Well, we're going to look. Uh, we have a you know, as of this recording, we've got a couple of days left uh, this week to see what else Apple has new, and then we've got a fun summer of beta testing. Um, and again, um, I refuse to to put beta one on any of my my personal devices. Um, it, and so, uh, you know, again, the public beta will be out soon. And I think we've got a lot of fun things to see on the consumer side. And on the business side, we've got a lot, of, a lot to learn, a lot to test, and uh, a lot to sweat about it getting, bugs getting fixed before the fall. But I think we'll be happy, as always, uh, that well, the device a good sign. Me. Sorry, I was going to say, a good sign right now is we've got a few hundred uh, new devices checking into Vitor devices and, and uh, new iOS betas checking into Adagy production and they're all working really well with This is like, this is also for us, the area where we start to see in those beta cycles where there's lacking issues or problems because they're all checking our production cloud environment. Mm-hmm. And so far, um, things are, you know, it's the first beta, but it's running pretty stable. It's really looks looking pretty good. The first 24 hours in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's always nice when the first one, uh, you know, from an adage perspective, the first uh, beta device open, like, you know, gets upgraded and checks in, checks in's good. All right, all right, we're good. You know, it's like no, no, uh, no red alerts. It's like okay, we got the basics, and we can just now start hammering out. What do we else we need to do? Um, so yeah, that is, that's true. It's always fun to start seeing those come online right away. Uh, yeah, Jason, no big, uh, no big file system changes. No, no ripping out <laughs> Python, et cetera. Right. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's oh yeah. The the Python that's always the fun. And the file system was was also that. It's like one of those where it's like you measure forty five times, cut once on the on the file system change. Um, that, that's yeah. that's fun. Uh, we got a fun rest of the week, Jason. Thanks for coming on the show uh, today. Uh, kind of getting some of the highlights again. We'll uh, see what Apple announces the rest of the week uh, for for business customers and education customers. Um, we'll. Um, Great things happening at Adagy as always. We'll have a link in the show notes to the website. Um, And uh, thanks to our sponsors this week. And then, Jason, we'll have you on again real soon. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks, everyone.